Welcome to the Spark Youth Podcast. Spark is the youth ministry of the Enfield and Strathfield Anglican Church. Our mission is to gather to hear God's word, to grow in Christ's likeness, and to go in prayerful proclamation. To find out more about us, you can go to our website at fields.org.au forward slash spark, or you can find us on our Instagram page at instagram.com forward slash youth underscore of underscore spark. Now, Albert is very sceptical of authority. Have a think right now about the last time your friends at school talked about your teachers. Was it positive or was it negative? Have a think. Okay, so more often than not, more often than not, my experience has been it's probably negative. Depends on what school you go to though, right? But often negative. And I think partly we're skeptical of people in authority because we we think they sometimes abuse their authority. Okay, if you, if you just think right now about Russia, right? Then you know this is true. You know people in authority misuse their authority. This guy called Lord Acton, that's a pretty cool name, Lord Acton. He famously said, and this is not Spider-Man, this is actually from this dude, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Think about that for a second. We all know someone who has let power go to their head. And the more power someone has, the worse they tend to become. We've all heard stories where authority is being corrupted. And then for those of us who have an older sibling, I know some of you have an older sibling even here tonight, we know how painful the truth is of those older siblings who abuse their authority. Not naming any names. I might have told the story before. There was one time my brother was watching a TV show, and I'm the older brother. I came in and said, I'm going to flick the channel. He didn't like that. He tried to fight me. I fought back. I did some of these ones. And I grabbed him and I threw him in the wall. Okay? And he was sitting in the wall. And we pulled him out and put a picture over him. So, and we walked away. So, um, and that hole may still be there to this day. I don't know. But here is here am I abusing my authority as the older brother. I mean to care for my brother, but instead I'm just watching what I want to watch. Now, if this is so often our experience, is all authority corrupt? Is all authority corrupt? Well, Romans chapter 13 puts it like this. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. For he is God's servant for your good. In other words, we should seek to respect those in authority because God put them there. But ever since Adam and Eve took the forbidden fruit, we have been trying to rule ourselves without God. Now, let's pick someone at random. Let's say Asha. Imagine tonight we made Asha boss of Ignite. Right? Some of you could probably think, this is not right, what's going on here? This is crazy. Well, in 1970, a man named Leonard Cassidy didn't want to submit to the government anymore. So he declared a small area in Western Australia an independent province. He called himself His Majesty Prince Leonard I of Hassel. But no government ever accepted his claim. And in a similar way, like Leonard Cassidy, we all want to govern our own lives and ignore God as our ruler. But God doesn't accept our false rule and He cares for us too much to leave us in our brokenness. 
So God puts people in authority for the purpose of caring for us. So when he saves us, he begins to restore the good order that he had in the beginning before Adam and Eve stuffed it up. And that's what this passage today is about. Paul addresses those under authority first. And his word to those under authority is this. We submit knowing Jesus will reward us. We submit knowing Jesus will reward us. Now you've got Colossians 3 open in your Bible in front of you. Just glance over these verses with me. Have a look at chapter 3, verse 18 to to verse 22. Colossians chapter 3, verse 18 to 22. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. So, did you see that? In verse 18... Wives are told to submit to their husbands. In verse 20, children are told to obey their parents. Verse 22, slaves are told to obey their masters. And and interestingly, the word for submit and the word for obey, they pretty much just mean the same thing. In our culture, though, the word submit has a very negative connotation or meaning behind it, people think. Many associate a woman submitting to a man in marriage that she is a doormat and that that man is some sort of horrible, oppressive person. And the popular response is to want to deny that men and women have different roles. This passage is very offensive. But can submission, can obeying those in authority above us ever be a good thing? Well, the word for submission, you probably didn't know this, is actually from the Greek military. Greek soldiers would lock their shields together and project their spears out, making them almost impenetrable. So long as everyone kept their order. Submission then is keeping an order to protect the group. It's keeping an order to protect the group. Imagine if just one of these soldiers decides he's not going to work in his right order to protect the group, he just wanders off. There's a massive weakness and all the rest are vulnerable. For our society to work, everyone needs to submit to someone. Think about it. It's actually a good thing to submit to Scott Morrison, our Prime Minister, when he has told our nation all of the various social hygiene, social distancing, vaccination things, right? That's a good thing. And we can think back to last year when people didn't obey Scott Morrison, and it led to all these really bad outbreaks, right? And yet, when Scott Morrison wants to cross the road near a school zone, he submits to the traffic lady with the stop sign in her hand. And she prevents him from being hit by a car. She's caring for him. All authority is given by God for our good. So when we submit, verse 23 says, we should do it for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that when we do, verse 20 says, this pleases the Lord. So it's a good thing to submit to your parents, or if you happen to go to a part-time job, to your boss. It's assumed in this passage that most of the master's slaves work um, for, in verse 22, people they work for are not Christians. So what happens 
when those in authority do not do what is right by you, what happens then if they're unfair? When they abuse or misuse their authority? Well, we know God's established courts and police, so when they do the wrong thing, there's a system of justice, right? But sometimes our parents and our bosses get it wrong and they're probably not going to get taken to jail, right? So it can be a daily thing, a difficult thing. The more I, I grow as a parent, the more I realize that I've stuffed it up as a parent in various ways. Here is what Paul has to say. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service, as people pleases, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. In other words, we should obey our parents, or we should obey our teachers, or we should obey our boss. Not when our parents or boss is watching, but always knowing God is watching. When we work or submit, we should have the attitude that in verse 24, we are serving the Lord Christ. So no one should ever say to a Christian in the workplace, they're a slacker. All the people that are there, that should not be what people say about the Christian. We should be, we should be the hardest worker. But not for the money, and not for, for who we want to step up the ladder, and not for the praise. In a similar way in the classroom, we should want to do right by our teacher, be respectful, be, be um, kind to our teacher, do what they say. Not because we want to get extra marks or favour. And when your parents tell you to do something like clean your room or do your homework or help your sibling, put your heart into it. Not just because your parents are watching. We do all these things because Jesus is always watching. Why should, why should we work for God's eyes and not our bosses, our teachers or our parents' eyes? Why, why should we do that? Because in verse 23 it says that we who trust in Jesus will receive an inheritance as a reward. <coughs> However badly we are treated, we will re receive fair reward for our service. This promise would have been so precious to a slave who could inherit no property and had no rights. But what is this inheritance? Well, in the New Testament, the inheritance is heaven. 1 Peter says the inheritance can never spoil or fade. A perfect place where Revelation 21 says, There will be no crying or pain or death. Our true master is there, God himself. And we will be with him in perfect peace and joy forever. And can I say, this is such a comfort, because the further you go on in the Lord... And the more you see yourself trying to do what Jesus wants, you can actually find it quite discouraging. Now, I've experienced that. All of these leaders will have experienced that from time to time. So the thing that's going to keep you going as a Christian in the long term is knowing Jesus sees. Even if no one else sees how you're seeking to serve him, Jesus sees. And he cares for you. And he will reward you. Well done, good and faithful servant, he will say on that last day. I even had um, Mia's dad say that to me this week when I was talking about how hard Scripture has been this week, he said, well, don't worry, Jesus is going to say one day, well done, good and faithful servant. And that was a comfort to me. So we talked about those under authority, but Paul has a word for those in authority. We, know, we submit knowing Jesus will reward us, but for those in authority, 
we leave knowing Jesus will judge us. We've already seen God has established authority for our good. And I think a really biblical view of thinking about leadership is like a point man in the army. Now, you may never have heard of a point man. A point man operated at the front of the platoon with a radio and weapon, clearing the way for danger, diffusing booby traps, and calling back to the unit to warn them or to advise them when they could move forward. That was a point man. In such cases, submitting to the point man is actually what kept you alive. If you didn't listen, you hit a booby trap, you got shot. It's for your good. And this is the role God has given especially to husbands in relation to wives, especially to parents in relation to their kids. But, but we know people don't always lead like this. For example, chapter 3, verse 25, and verse, chapter 4, verse 1 says, For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Surprise, in the first century, Rome, slaves didn't have rights. There wasn't a slave union, so a slave could line up, take a ticket, and make their complaint, and someone would rock up to their master's house and, you know, give them an earful. Slaves were at the mercy of their master. But Christian masters should act differently. Christian older brothers or sisters should act differently. Christian teachers or parents. They should treat... Just in the same way that slaves, they should treat their slaves justly and fairly, so too parents, siblings, teachers. Because they have a master in heaven who never turns a blind eye. And that's really good news. Particularly when we think about places like Russia and North Korea. Because they've been infamous, particularly when, when Russia was communist, for how poorly they treated those under their authority. In Russia... The communist torturers often said, There is no God, no hereafter, no punishment for evil. We can do what we wish. I, someone said, I have heard one torturer even say, I thank God, in whom I don't believe, that I have lived to this hour when I can express all the evil that is in my heart. He expressed it in an unbelievable brutality and torture inflicted on prisoners. And again, reflecting on this communism, a guy called Alexander Solzhenitsyn, um, I can't even pronounce it, say Alexander, said, But if I were asked today to formulate as concisely as possible the main cause of the ruinous revolution that swallowed up some 60 million of our people, in other words, communist genocide of many people, I could not put it more accurately than to repeat, men have forgotten God. That's why all this has happened. Scary, isn't it? To live in a world where people don't believe in God. For such people believe they can get away with anything. But there is a God who will hold masters, slaves, parents, husbands, and torturers to account for their actions. The wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done. And there is no partiality or favoritism. As we have seen, authority is easily corrupted, and yet God's intention is that it's exercised well. Because Christians who lead know Jesus will judge them. 
And it's a beautiful thing when people exercise their authority with Jesus in mind. And with Jesus as their model. In fact, by you saying, I trust in Jesus, what you have decided to do is to submit your whole life to Jesus as your ruler. All Christians must learn to submit before they can learn to lead well. All Christians must learn to submit before they can learn to lead well. If you can't submit, you won't be able to exercise authority faithfully. And you know, a really good example was today, Sophie actually got up and decided to help serve the um, drinks over there, right? If you, if you don't learn how to serve others, you'll never be a good leader, right? Knowing how amazing our King is helps us to learn to submit. Jesus always submitted to his Father, even when it was hard, even when it cost him everything. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23 says, When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. If you haven't yet trusted in Jesus, think of how good a master Jesus is. He will always treat you well. If you are a Christian, think of how good a model Jesus is to you. And follow him. This happened before you your time, but it happened when I was in about year five. The Port Arthur Massacre happened 28th to 29th of April, 1996. And it was a mass shooting in which 35 people were killed and 23 wounded in Port Arthur in Tasmania. Now I want to read you some of the descriptions of how the husbands died up there. Peter Nash, shot dead, as he shielded his wife in the cafe. Dennis Levin shot in the cafe after pushing his wife under the table. Ron Jerry shot. Ron Jerry shot in the cafe while trying to push his wife to safety. Raymond Sharp shot in the cafe while trying to protect his wife. Kevin Sharp shot in the cafe while shielding his wife. How beautiful is that kind of leadership? You barely hear that kind of thing in the news or in the TV shows you watch, but how beautiful is it to see it in action? This is the kind of leadership that someone could submit to. It's the kind of leadership that is mindful of God as judge. Models Jesus' sacrificial leadership. It's the kind of leadership that makes people see how good this authority and this order is that God has put in place and appoints people back to Jesus. 